This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, hour two is underway. Welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show, folks. I want to pick up on this Fox News report on the ruling out of the Fourth Circuit yesterday on Trump's travel ban. Coming up this hour, we'll talk to uh, a representative from the League of Women Voters not enamored with voter ID. Get her perspective on this. Also coming up, I got a lot to squeeze in here. Uh, An update on the Montana situation where that Republican, after he beat up a reporter, uh, won election. And the fallout and, and who the, the, the basket of bias and those of a political ideological persuasion are blaming for all this. They're blaming the president. But I have some, some interesting challenges for those folks, some intellectual challenges. Meantime, back to Doug McKelway, Fox News Channel. On yes, it was a setback for Team Trump. The majority said the 90-day revised suspension of travel from six Mideast countries, quote, speaks with vague words of national security, but in context drips with religious intolerance, animus, and discrimination. In a dissent, Judge Dennis Shedd wrote, quote, the real losers in this case are the millions of individual Americans whose security is threatened on a daily basis by those who seek to do us harm. And I would agree. Uh, I have to point this out. Because a lot of these people on the courts are either woefully ignorant, uh, criminally stupid, or they are just choosing to ignore facts that are in evidence. And it could be a combination of all of those. The temporary ban applies to six majority Muslim countries and does not apply to 43 others. Or 53 others, I think it is. So, how can you say it is a Muslim ban when it only targets a a select few majority Muslim countries and other majority Muslim countries are not affected? The only common commonality from these countries is their ties to terrorism radicalized islamic fundamentalist terrorism now the fourth circuit and these other judges could be saying that the jihadis have a right to come in and murder you and your family and that trump can't stop them they may be saying that 
uh, equal protection to maim and murder. Uh, le- the, these people who think like this might think that the Manchester bomber had every right to blow up those little girls. It seems to be what, they, what they're advocating by ignoring the fact that this order doesn't apply to the vast majority of majority Muslim countries. Now, these are the sound bites I wanted to get to. A few weeks back, Fox News Channel talked about these court cases. Uh, and these leftist judges and the ACLU who want to judge the Trump campaign or to, uh, want to judge this order on the Trump campaign rhetoric, but not on the text of the law that is in front of them. Meaning, the guidelines that government will follow. They want to judge Trump's rhetoric rather than what he is legally bound to do through the executive order. And, and in my mind, they're just trying to find an excuse to continue to allow radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorism access to the United States of America. But listen, listen to this. The president clarified over time that what he was talking about were countries and territories that have known links to, uh, to groups like ISIS and, and Al-Qaeda. Judge Pamela Harris, an Obama appointee, challenged Wall on how the order could be considered neutral in its operations when all of the targeted countries are majority Muslim. What do you mean by neutral in operation? I mean, clearly the law has a disparate impact on Muslims. What do you mean? Maybe Muslims in those six countries but not Muslims in the, what, 53 others. You know, and and what was this government lawyer thinking? Excuse me, Your Honor, but uh, it doesn't have a disparate impact on any of the Muslims in 53 other majority Muslim countries. I might have my, I might be exaggerating. I thought it was either 53 or 43 folks, but you you get, the, the broader point is this. Nearly eight times, Nine times more countries, majority Muslim countries, are not affected by this than are. How can you say with any credibility that it's a, it's a Muslim ban when the vast majority of Muslims around the globe are not impacted? Only those with ties to terrorism. Judge James Wynn, another Obama appointee, openly scoffed at the idea that President Trump's statements, especially one during the signing of the first executive order, saying we all know what that means, reflected no animus towards Muslims. There is this affirmative duty to sort of look if if there's bad faith. And to determine in bad faith, don't we get to consider what was actually said here? Omar. No, no, you don't. No, you don't, Your Honor, and I'm using that term loosely. You get to look at the order before you and the statutes under the law. That's it. You don't get to to go to your ideological dislike for the person who issued the law. You don't get to do that. That is, remember, the symbol for justice is a blindfolded woman with scales? What these judges have done is they've ripped off the the veil or the the blindfold and they're looking right at Donald Trump and tilting the scales of justice because they dislike the president of the United States. And they are antithetical to our tradition of jurisprudence in this country. They are they are reprobates and they are they are shams. 
and they are a disgrace to our nation, these judges. These judges are a disgrace to the United States of America. And an idea of justice for all, equally applied. What they're saying is that Donald Trump, because he's Donald Trump, doesn't deserve justice to be evaluated on the merits, on the law. No, we're going to evaluate Donald Trump because we hate him. And that's what these judges are doing. Our John Watt, representing the American Civil Liberties Union, argued Mr. Trump's prior statements must be considered. Yeah. The ACLU argued that Trump's prior statements must be considered. Now, they don't exist anywhere in the law. They don't in the executive order. They exist. They exist nowhere in the executive order. And think about this. Can you imagine a precedent where campaign rhetoric could be used to stymie your agenda, legally speaking, from the bench? Look at the precedent they're setting. It's incredibly destructive. Now, here Fox News Channel talks about how these ACLU lawyers are forced to admit something, and this will blow you away. Omar Jadwat, representing the American Civil Liberties Union, argued Mr. Trump's prior statements must be considered, and that the six targeted countries didn't even meet the administration's own tests for national security risk. But Jadwat was forced to admit that it is the president who is entrusted with national security determinations, and Judge Paul Niemeyer, a George H.W. Bush appointee, got Jadwat to admit that absent Mr. Trump's statements, the order might survive constitutionally. If some other candidate had won the election and issued this executive order that's before us, I gather you would have no problem with that. Is that right? Yes, Your Honor. I think in that case it could be constitutional. So the according to the ACLU lawyer and these wrong-headed judges, these injustice disseminating judges, that the only thing that disqualifies this executive order is being constitutional as the man who wrote it. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's hard for me to be speechless, but they just did it. And that is, that is the opposite of justice. That is the opposite of fairness under the law. And these people, that ACLU lawyer and the judges on the 10th Circuit and all the judges below who ruled on this, they are a disgrace. And they have betrayed this country. The very idea that, I mean, imagine this. Imagine if somebody had said, hey, you know what? Because that guy is black, that's what makes his executive order unconstitutional. But if he was white, it'd be constitutional. If he was brown, it'd be constitutional. But because he's black... Because he, or how about this? Because that guy's a Democrat, because that woman's a Democrat, that order is unconstitutional because of what that person advocates and stands for. <laughs> what that person said in their campaign. Flip it around. Flip it around. That any Democrat who writes an executive order it's considered unconstitutional because they're a Democrat, not because of the substance of the executive order. This is the precedent that is being laid down. 
and this is the precedent that we as Americans have to reject. These people need to be removed from the bench. They need to be removed from the bench. Because this is that is the definition of lunacy and prejudice, and they're trying to institutionalize it into the judiciary. Not to mention, and we haven't even talked about whose job it is to do this executive order. The courts don't even have a, a, a purview. They have no ability to weigh in on national security, but they're trying. It's a step toward tyranny, and that's why they have to be defeated. Now, up next, a school sets aside a government-run school, sets aside a room for prayer for Muslims and Muslims only. Back in a minute, the Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Dismantling liberal ideology, one issue at a time. This is The Chris Salcedo Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Salcedo Show. Salcedo, Salcedo, the liberty-loving Latino. <laughs> Shut up! All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo Show. Glad you've tuned in here to the program. Uh, <laughs> coming up at the bottom of the hour, we will uh, uh, talk to the League of Women Voters, where uh, they have a problem with voter ID laws, uh, not only in Texas, but around the country. So uh, this is something that everybody's going to be able to participate in and everybody's got an opinion on. Uh, I have a hard time just wrapping my head around somebody who doesn't want voter ID, doesn't want integrity at the ballot box. So we'll talk about those things with the League of Women Voters coming up on the Salcedo Show. The Montana special election. Uh, The Republican won. He body slammed a reporter yesterday. And of course, we're not going to advocate for violence here. But we know that the reporter was behaving boorishly. The reporter was acting arrogantly. And and they would would never dream of treating a Democrat the way he treated this Republican. Never would. Never. Doesn't excuse what the Republican did. Violence is never, it is never a solution. And what I have found distasteful is the way this has been covered in the basket of biased press. You had ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN piling on to this Republican. Again, he won by seven points. Wasn't even close. And taking, of course, the side of the reporter who said he was loathed to be a part of the story. <laughs> Nobody believed that for a minute. 
But Pelosi and the majority of the basket of biased press blamed the president. Because the president didn't bow and kiss the press's rear end, they blame the president for the animus toward the basket of biased press. And let me assure you, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, the the animus we feel toward you is because of your bias, not because of how the president behaves towards you. But the very idea that some Republican body slams a a reporter, allegedly, and that's somehow the president's fault, is ludicrous. To which we started thinking here on the Chris Salcedo Show. We put it on the Facebook page. We put it on Twitter. Facebook is the Chris Salcedo Show. Twitter is at Chris Salcedo TX. We asked some questions of Miss Pelosi in the basket of bias. And the questions are as follows. Uh, for at Nancy Pelosi, at CNN, at NBC News. Was this POTUS at real Donald Trump's fault too? As a professor is arrested on suspicion of assaulting a Trump supporter, what did he do it with? A bike lock on the end of a chain. Blood Beat him up, bloodied him because he was a Trump supporter. Was that Trump's fault too? Question to the basket of bias at CNN, at MS. NBS, at NBC News, at the New York Times, at the Washington Post, at CBS News. Uh, was was Alcee Hastings <laughs> the fault of Donald Trump? Hmm? I'll let you all look up what Alcee Hastings did. Was a former judge. He is now a member of Congress too and was elected to Congress after doing some rather shady things. Was that Trump's fault too? <laughs> all right. Uh, the largest school district in Saratoga County, New York, says it will allow Muslim students to pray in a room at its high school for Ramadan. And some some concerned parents are like, well, wait a minute, question from the back row. Hello, uh, if I was to propose this for my Christian child, you would say no. If I was to propose this for my Jewish child, you'd be saying no. So why is it permissible for you to set aside government-paid-for space, taxpayer-funded space, during school hours for Muslims to pray at Ramadan? Why is that permissible? And the school district insists, well, if Christians make a request for this, we'd honor that too. I bet you somebody's going to put that to the test. But I don't want you guys to focus on the school district per se. What is missing from this story? What is missing? Where is the ACLU? Where is the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Where are these paragons of extremism? And they're almost, uh, well, I guess for lack of a better term, vehement hatred for religion. Where is it? Now remember, if, if this were a, a, a Christmas play, 
the Freedom From Religion Foundation would be there protesting. As a matter of fact, I think they did in Texas. In God We Trust. Oh, it's got to come off of cars. Here comes the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Here comes the ACLU. But when Muslims are granted taxpayer-funded space on taxpayer-funded grounds in a government-run school, the Freedom From Religion Foundation and the ACLU, they're nowhere to be found. Do you know why? Do you, do you understand why they can't be found? And this is something you have to remember about our political adversaries, folks. They're cowards. Because those at the Freedom From Religion Foundation, not only do they see some of these folks, see radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists as allies, and they don't want to tick them off by seeming to attack Islam in general. But they're also afraid. You see, they're confident that Jews and Christians won't exact revenge on them when they attack when they attack Jews and Christians but they're not that confident about their positions freedom from religion foundation about their positions when they attack the Islamic faith cowards all you're listening to the Chris Salcedo show part of generation blaze on the blaze radio network Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It's Chris Salcedo Show. I am honored beyond all comprehension to have you folks in the audience. Hope you have a great weekend planned. All right, let's let's talk about Texas voter ID with our next guest, Elaine Wyant. She is serving her second term as president of the League of Women Voters in Texas. She's a fellow of the Society of Actuaries, a certified fraud examiner, and a licensed private investigator. League of Women Voters of Texas says... They are a nonpartisan citizens organization that has fought uh, since 1919 to improve our government and encourage informed and active participation in that government. Elaine, welcome to the Salcedo Show. Thank you, Chris. Glad to be here. Texas voter ID laws, and and maybe we we expand this to the concept of voter ID laws across the country. Uh, My understanding is that the League of Women Voters do not approve of these types of laws. And I wanted, I'm, it's always, the opposition is, is fascinated me as to the reasons why. Uh, let us know what the objection is. Okay. Uh, we can all agree that ineligible people shouldn't vote. Uh, but we also agree that politicians shouldn't pass laws that make it harder for eligible people to vote. Um, and voter ID laws do very little to improve the integrity of our elections. And, but they do exclude some eligible people from participating, especially, and it falls hardest on the elderly, young people, poor people, veterans. Right. So, uh, well, well tell, explain to us how that, because a lot of these voter ID laws have been defeated, so we don't have any hard data on that. But the theory goes that these groups would be disparately impacted. How so? Walk us through a scenario, either a very, let's, let's start with a very young person, a millennial or something like that. How would they be disparately impacted by a voter ID? Uh, a lot of young people don't have driver's licenses. And in Texas, the voter ID law has a very 
restricted list of accepted IDs that is much stricter than in some other states. Uh, for example, um, student IDs don't count. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of kids, high school and college age kids, um, that's what they use is their student ID or even their employee ID. Um, they do have IDs, but not one of the ones that's on the list. And Social Security card is among those. And in Texas, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I've interviewed a couple of lawmakers who had who had authored the, the voter ID law that these IDs are free. All, uh, there, is no, there is no monetary cost. So all you got to do is show you are who you say you are. And there are there are plenty of avenues to do that. But you say that, that that's a that's a threshold that's too high, too burdensome. Um, the underlying documents in order to get the free ID are are sometimes hard to get um, and are time consuming. Uh, mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and it's it's the, and, and the so record- so yeah. Address the folks who say you know when when the time consuming argument is put up there. Uh, I, I think the vast majority, in particular in this audience would say this is one of our most sacrosanct duties as as citizens to be participants in our government. So the time that one takes to 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 undergo that responsibility is time well spent. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, if you have to take time off from work and you're poor, it's expensive. And and uh, that's, you know, it's just another barrier. That, and and more importantly, it's unnecessary. Um, there was no problem with the law that we had prior to this voter ID bill, um, where you had to show your voter registration card or some other form of ID um, in order to vote, and that worked really well. Right, and, and I, I when I was in news, by the way, we're talking to Elaine Wyant, folks. She is the second-term president of the League of Women Voters, not uh, not fans of the Texas voter ID law or, or voter ID laws, I would imagine in general. Uh, when I was doing news for CBS 11, I chronicled and, and talked to several uh, registrar of voters offices and, and, and chronicled how some ineligible voting was going on. And I think that the push, uh, and of course, uh, ACORN took it all to a different level. And you remember the big scandal with ACORN that the, the, the American people are really leery of those who seek to cheat at the ballot box. So the question I would have for uh, for the League of Women Voters is if voter ID isn't the way to go to make sure that we have one vote for one citizen, uh, what is a superior way to do this to to ensure to the greatest degree possible that uh, there is integrity in the voting system? Uh, we we absolutely think it's it's important to have integrity in the voting system. Uh, it's just that voter ID laws really aren't the, the way to do that. Um, now, you know, we would prefer to go back to the old law that required ID, just not necessarily a photo ID. But even even if we don't do that, just expanding the list. No, no, you, you, you said not a photo ID. Why not? Uh, because it's not necessary. It, it worked just fine when you showed your voter registration card in order to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, voter impersonation is extraordinarily rare, where somebody goes to vote and says they're somebody else. Uh, well, we've, we've seen all these videos from across the country. I mean, uh, 
Project Veritas had a yeah Project Veritas had an uh, a video where uh, one of their operatives was offered the attorney general the attorney general of the United States ballot because it, because there was no voter ID requirement in the state in which they were residing. Hey, I'm Eric Holder, and he and he got he he was given the ballot for Eric Holder, the attorney general of the United States. And, and they, they did this video to show just how easy it was to perpetrate voter fraud. And, and, and folks who are of my persuasion say, shouldn't we make it harder to commit voter fraud? So, again, the question goes back to you is how how where is there a meeting of the minds between those who want uh, better integrity of our voting system and those who don't necessarily think voter ID is a solution? Where's the middle ground? Well, we can have voter ID. Um we we just think it should be an expansive ID. Um, it, if we and but I insist that there is a tiny tiny amount of voter impersonation that goes on it, that we can ver- may, that we can verify may, because yeah it may because be the, possible but right. it but it doesn't happen. You know, there's cases in the single digits. Of it actually happening, happen, happening, voter well, uh, impersonation. But it's a it fascinating discussion, happen. Elaine. It's a fascinating discussion. I'm just plumb out of time, but I, you know, I think oh, that, that this our our country is <laughs> is going to continue to debate this thing, and I think the open dialogue is important. So uh, we'll keep the communication lines open. Elaine Wyatt, everybody, serving her second term as president of the League of Women Voters. Appreciate the time here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Thanks, Chris. So there you go. That was our conversation earlier with Elaine Wyant. And, you know, I was I was struck and I and I think we mentioned this before, before we brought them on, is that there are laws that are passed all over this country that prohibit us from investigating uh, and compiling the data on just exactly how much voter fraud is going on out there. On the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, I have it should be the top post or near the top. I mentioned I had I worked at a CBS owned and operated station. I did a report back in 2010 that outlined exactly the, the problems with with the integrity of our voting system. And I've mentioned this on the air before, but it bears repeating now that we have government checks for whether or not you're sane. We have government checks for your age. We have government checks as to whether or not you're a felon. But we do not have government checks for citizenship. How come we can check for all of those other criteria with the permission of government, but when it comes to citizenship, we can't ask? And who are the ones in our society, ask yourself this question, who are the ones in our society saying that you are prohibited from asking or having the government verify your citizenship? And then ask yourself, why would they do that? Up next, I can ask this of Ellie. Ellie, what would you say to a law that was passed that would require the government to give you something called a universal basic income? Meaning, whether you're working or not, the government gives you money no matter what. What would you say to that? (laughs) 
Um, yes. Um, I would say what? that I wouldn't take it because it'll eventually be taken away anyways. Oh, oh, but there are so many in our society who want it. I'll tell you who's pitching this, and it may sound like a, well, to all you millennials out there, it might sound like a new and revolutionary idea, but I'll tell you it's as old as dirt. It's as old as communism. Back in a minute, the Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Reminding America that limited constitutional government is cool. The Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. No, Ellie, I like that title. Uh, we're coming up with some titles from some of the segments today on the Chris Salcedo Show, folks. I like that. Get your white hands off my tasty burrito. <laughs> uh, note to.com. That's what we're going to call that segment. Get your white hands off my tasty burrito. If that doesn't generate clicks, I don't know what will. Let's go to Georgia. Hey, Joe, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Glad you tuned in. Happening. Hey, man. Um, boy, that that gal really got my blood boiling on the on the on the uh, on the uh, voting issue. What do you think? You know, I, I have got two teenage sons that, uh, for the summer between them, they've just gotten four jobs, and for the in order to get those jobs, they needed to produce original, not copies, original driver's license, original birth certificate, and original Social Security card at all four places, right? So they need that to get a job. Other things you need to, to have identification for is opening a bank account. Well, let me, account. let me play devil's advocate because I know how, well, well, I know what the liberals will say. I know what those who are advocating cheating at the ballot box will say. They will say that getting a job or driving or opening a bank account is not a right, but but voting is a right. Now, there's an answer for that, too, but what, what, what would you say? No, it's not. It is not a right. It is a right for citizens, legal citizens. Mm-hmm. So it's not a blanket right. It's a right for those who are entitled Right, and to to which I would also respond to our to our friends, our political opposition, to which I'd say, well, you know what, gun ownership is a right too, but you guys have no problems with regulating that. Okay, but <laughs> see, yeah, but, they're, they're, but, they're, no, 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 but but address, <clears throat> but I I completely crushed the first question. It's I think not you're right. A right, it's not a human right; it's a U.S. citizen right. Yeah, it, there is no right for everybody around the globe to weigh in on our elections. I think you're absolutely correct. Every, and, you, you, need to be, you need to be able to prove. I mean, that, that's like saying, well, food is a right. Okay, great. But you have to have money for food. Right. You need to produce something in order to get something else. You know what, Joe? You just took me right where I wanted to go. Uh, because, while I've got you on the phone. Mark Zuckerberg, you know who that is? Facebook yeah. fan? <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you're leading. This is, the, this is the minimum guaranteed income. Yes, uh, Charles yeah. Payne was on Fox uh, News this morning. He's, from, of course, from Fox Business talking about this. Listen really quickly. Well, they just started a trial program in Finland. 2,000 people from 25 to 58 years old. They're going to get about 
$1,000 a month. But here's the thing. No questions asked. No questions asked. By the way, they'll get the money even if they get jobs also. But here's one of the main reasons Finland had to do it. They have chronic unemployment. Yeah, they have chronic unemployment. So the big idea is to have uh, everybody in, in the country get money from the government to, to live. So you don't have to worry about paying your car payment or your house payment or that kind of thing. It's guaranteed income. Mm-hmm. And that is supposed to free up the spirit of man so he can have a 200-plus IQ and he can just concentrate on bettering himself and learning and all that kind of stuff. There is a problem with this, though, isn't there? No. There's many, many problems with it. <laughs> one. Give me one because I'm up against the clock. Okay. The ba- baby bird, right? If you feed a baby bird, he'll never learn how to feed himself. That's mm-hmm. number one. Number yep. two is inflation. Right. Because once you start augmenting everybody's income from zero to anything or something to more, then everything's going to become more expensive. Uh, I, I mean, and number three, and maybe most importantly, the government doesn't have money. It's us. Citizens right. have money. If everybody and where gets you're on get your money from is me. That exactly. If everybody starts saying, well, hey, I'll just kick back and get the money. Who's going to make the money? Somebody's right. got to make the money. Yeah, I mean. You know what, Joe? First off, don't be a stranger to this program, man. I've thoroughly enjoyed our our conversation, and uh, you contributed very much. Thank you very much for not only uh, one topic, but two topics we were covering today on the show. And I hope you have a fantastic long holiday weekend. Folks, don't, don't, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Don't forget why we're doing this. Don't forget why we have Memorial Day. As you're sitting around the barbecue on Monday, and we're going to be off, uh, we'll have best of here on Monday, but just don't forget. The reason why we mark this holiday, the reason why it's important, the reason why I have the ability to speak on the radio to you here on The Blaze to debate these issues is because somebody put on that uniform and somebody sacrificed for us, a perfect stranger you didn't even know. Remember, everybody, a society's worth, meaning its value, it's not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government. Rather, it's measured by how much power is reserved for we, the people. Great weekend, everybody. Back here Tuesday on The Blaze. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network.